I remember the exact time, date and place when my life changed. Oh, and it's spectacular change at that. It was nearing the end of the day and I had just left the M25 uh, driving down Rygate Hill. You probably know that route. When at the bend by Rygate Hill Cottage, a guy on a pushbike pedalled out of a little lane. He must have skidded on the edge of a pothole, slightly swerved, lost his balance and fell into the road. Fortunately, I wasn't going too fast. Slammed on the brakes and bounced onto the curb. Missed him by inches. I was shaken up. He was shaken up. It was such a narrow escape that when we were both stopped shaking, we did a most un-British thing. We hugged each other with relief. He had certainly cheated death and was profusely apologetic for his lack of road sense. In fact, he couldn't stop shaking my hand in gratitude for what he called a blink-of-the-eye reaction. He wanted to thank me in, in a tangible way. Oh, uh, come on, I played it down. But he was insistent, so he agreed to stuff his bike into the hedge and I drove him the short distance down to the yew tree pub to restore both our nerves. Uh, beer therapy for me, while he just relaxed in a big leather armchair. Said he'd only just had a meal, so needed no refreshments. Seemed an upper-class sort of person. Obviously had money, and uh, yeah, he certainly insisted on buying the drinks. Well, that was good. After I downed a couple, he says, Dear boy, I, I, I would like to give you a gift. Well, well, more of a loan, actually. Uh, to thank you for saving my life. Uh, I left uh, the gift uh, up near the bend. C come, come, come on, come. We'll stroll back to where I nearly met my maker, and we, uh, we will make amends for my lack of cycling skills. My, my saviour deserves a just reward. Yeah, well, of course, I played the modesty card. Argued, he owed me nothing, but in truth, curiosity got the better of me. What on earth could he left, have left on the bend which he wanted to loan me? Well, hopefully not that old bike. So we agreed to leave my car at the yew tree pub and we walked back to the bend. We strolled down an overgrown lane and came to a small field where he leaned on an old farm gate. Here boy, here boy, come. Come, come to me, Arby, 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 Arby. Come, come, come. Here boy. And then from the corner of a field came a magnificent animal. <gasps> oh, how beautiful. I've never seen an alpaca so close up. Uh, can I stroke him? Yeah, yes, of course, dear boy, of course. He, he would love it, but sorry, you're mistaken. He's actually a llama. Ooh. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I apologise to, to both of you. No, 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 no. An easy mistake to make. Arby's called many things. He cares not as long as people love him. Oh, and his fur is so soft. Like a carpet. So luxurious. Why do you call him Arby? Oh, 
Good question. It's because of the orgle sound llamas make when they mate. Uh, sounds like ah ah. Let me see if I can uh, imitate it. Um, in comparison, alpacas give out a more sort of musical purr. <laughs> anyway. Arby Jones is as good a name as any other for a llama. Oh, oh sorry, sorry, I never introduced myself. My, my name is Mr Jones, so I like to call my llama that, you know, Arby Jones. Is indeed a nice name for such a magnificent beast. And I never knew llamas were so tame. He came immediately, you called him. Oh, yeah, well, um, you see, Arby's no ordinary llama. Anyway, he's yours <laughs> for as long as you want him. Uh, so call it a thank you loan. <laughs> you have no idea how funny that is. I'm very, very funny. <laughs> That's a lovely idea. <laughs> but I have a sneaking suspicion that my neighbours might have a few objections. <laughs> And living in a terraced house in Earlswood is <laughs> not, I would guess, the ideal home for a herd animal. Uh, come here, Arby Jones, come here. <laughs> Show this kind gentleman your teeth. Yeah, that's it. Open, open wide, open wide. <gasps> oh. oh, my, 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 my. Am I seeing right? Wheels, c -c cogs, cables. <gasps> it's an automaton. Well, hopefully it's more than that. But he's certainly as near perfect as we could construct him. Uh, of course, we well uh, cheated a bit. Uh, we chose an animal which was well easy to imitate. Oh, but so perfect. I would never have known. Thank you. Our inspiration was Dolly the sheep. You remember? The first mammal cloned from a somatic cell. Yeah, yes. That was the first ever successful cloning in the world, wasn't it? Yes, we're spot on. Spot on. Clever those scientists at Roslin Institute. Yes, yes, yes. Of course, strange, don't you think, that they chose a sheep? With the world's first cloned animal. <laughs> you know, uh, one sheep looks much the same as any other, if you will, <laughs> if you take my meaning. Uh, well, uh, not really. No, uh, uh, no, no, oh, well, uh, who knows what they really achieved. They certainly covered their tracks. Um, had Dolly put down in 2003... <laughs> Hmm, well, weird that, don't you think? You know, destroy your greatest achievement? Uh, well, at this moment, I don't know what to think about anything. But Arby isn't a clone, it's mechanical. Yeah, uh, correct. Nowhere near as clever uh, an achievement as Dolly the Sheep. Yeah, uh, but still sentient and automatically functional. Uh, more, um, how should we say, an android than an automaton. Anyway, we're, we're proud of him. Ooh. And I should think so too. 
truly an amazing achievement. Uh, who, who is the we? Uh, mm, well, not important, not important, dear boy. Dear, not important, dear boy. Um, come, come on, speak to Arby, speak to Arby. Um, why? Hell, what's that you're holding? Yo, it's a voice programmer. I will train him to recognise your voice. The same way as Arby came when I called him, he was programmed to recognise my voice. So there I found myself talking to a mechanical llama in a field in Surrey. Come on! <laughs> How surreal is that? And then my new friend suddenly said, he had to get going and picked up his bike. Whoa, 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 whoa. Hang on, hang on, hang on, says I. You must be joking. Oh, no, no, I'm as yours as long as you both get along. He'll do anything you ask. Follow you anywhere. But Mr. Jones, as I said, I live in a terraced house. In any case, you know I have only a small hatchback. It's parked in the pub. I hesitated. <laughs> well, come on, you never fitted the boot. I did jokingly. Oh, come on. Live a little. Fortune favours the brave. Anyway, Arby has GPS, so tell him where you live. That's fine. Have fun, the two of you. <laughs> Au revoir, dear boy. Au revoir. And with that, Mr. Jones rode off down Ragged Hill. So there I was, standing in the fading light, the unlikely custodian of an equally unlikely mechanical beast. Hmm. More out of desperation than anything else, I blurted out my postcode, and Arby made a sort of ah, 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 noise and disappeared down the field. It all seemed too weird. A dream. I started to walk back to the yew tree pub in the sure-fired conviction it all transpired to be an illusion. Stress, yeah, yes, that was it. All brought, out, brought about by working long hours. I definitely needed a holiday. Uh, but it wasn't to be. When I got to my home in Oldswood, there was Arby standing on my pull-in. Not just Arby, but a growing group of gawping neighbours. Immediately I parked up, they excitedly surrounded the car, all jabbering at once, saying the police had been called, the local farmers had been called, the vet had been called. For all I knew, the army had been called. And thus, from that moment onwards, my peaceful existence, a live-alone bachelor, changed out of all recognition. Having invited the onlookers to look into Arby's mouth, they agreed that there was no cruelty. No need to summon the zoo to come to the rescue. Instead, children from the streets around were invited to come and stroke their new neighbour. Once the initial clamour had subsided, I directed Arby into the garage, locked it and collapsed into bed. Uh, uh, but no rest for the wicked. I was woken early by knocks on the door. The neighbours had been informed, had informed the local newspaper and a journalist wanted an interview. His photo photographer wanted pictures. So I obligingly took Arby for a stroll to the shops. <laughs> and as to the manager wanted to throw him out, as no animals were allowed. <coughs> oh dear, it caused hilarity all round. 
How do you, did you make him? What does he eat? Does he bite? Does he poo? Well, ask time and time again. I didn't make him. He doesn't eat, bite or poo. I repeated time and time again. Oh, it was a manic first day, I can tell you. But the most common question was, where can I buy one? Where do you put the batteries in? Those two questions became the bane of my life over the following months. Of course, the story spread, and soon Arby was on the local TV news. Then the Nationals picked up the story. The whole thing snowballed. We were celebrities, a news sensation. And we, uh, uh, hang on, no, that should read me, was making stacks of money as invitations to appear in public were flooding in. TV crews were outside out bidding each other for interviews. Advertisers were clamouring for Arby to endorse their products. We became favourites on chat shows. Oh, yeah, right, oh, forgotten. Then there were the bookings for opening ceremonies. Arby was great at chewing through red tapes, I can tell you. We even, as you may recall, appeared on the Royal Variety performance. Uh, you must remember, yeah. Oh, yeah, the alarming llama routine. Hilarity as the compare tried to find where the batteries were inserted. Yeah, come to think of it, that was very crude. As our fame grew, so interests spread around the world. We had all expenses paid invites to Las Vegas. I refused, saying Arby was not good at flying. Then the really big money was offered. Corporate executives came a-knocking, wanting to buy Arby. Silicon Valley scientists wanted to buy the secret of how my alarming llama worked. It was unfortunate that nickname stuck, as Arby was the most docile of creatures. Certainly not alarming. Anyway, when those offers were refused, inventors tried to make their own llamas. And yet all those robotic, robotic whiz kids failed to come close. None of them came close to imitating real life. Their stiff robots were a laugh. <laughs> As one reporter commented, best leave them to rust in peace. <laughs> oh, I love that comment. But I did not mock, as I had no right. I must state clearly that during all this tidal wave of publicity, I always made it clear that I neither made Army Arby or was his owner. Credit was given where it was due, and I never misled anyone. I was just his custodian. He was not mine to sell, and no... No, no, I had no idea what made him work. I did not know and did not care where the batteries went in. <laughs> My objections had no effect. As you, dear listener, may remember from watching the news from that year, Arby's celebrity status knew no bounds. Everyone wanted to touch him, borrow him, love him. This love fest had one problem, an insurmountable one. Arby only responded to my voice, only followed my commands. All oh, those jokers who tried to entice him away, lure him away at night, get him to do tricks, all failed. 
we were an inseparable team. So I took a sabbatical from work and became his road manager for that year of chaos. Hmm. But all good things come to an end, don't they? Come the end of the year, the novelty had worn off. I was tired. And, dare I say, Arby looked bored. He yawned a lot, became sluggish. Maybe indeed his batteries did need changing. I wanted the phone to stop ringing. I wanted the crowds to go away. I wanted some peace. I'm sorry to say, I wanted someone to take Arby away. Then, one night at 10pm, there was a knock at the front door. Nothing new there, so I ignored it. The knocking, though, was persistent, and in the end I reluctantly got up, intending to give this latest visitor a piece of my mind. But throwing open the door, my heart leapt with joy. There stood my Rygate Hill friend. <gasps> oh, Mr Jones, how pleased I am to see you, cried I, and we both hugged each other. It's like old times, dear boy. Hug, <laughs> you know, like old times. Yes, yes, yes. I was only just thinking it was time for Arby to go home. Yeah, I know, I know. And here I stand, dear boy. It never crossed my mind to ask how he knew. I was just overjoyed to see him. Look, um, Please, Miss Jones, don't think I'm ungrateful. Uh, Arby is wonderful, and I made stacks of money. <laughs> Who cares? What really matters is whether you enjoyed yourself. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Yes, I had a wonderful time, and I do hope Arby had a wonderful time too. Uh, then, 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 then all is well. My debt is repaid. Come on, me. Come, 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 come. Time to go home. Come, 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 come. And my friend, no, my friends, Mr. Jones and Arby Jones the Llama, started to leave. Just, 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 just one question before you go. I must ask you, where do the batteries go? My friend threw back his head <laughs> and laughed out loud before we laughed at <laughs> He didn't reply, just waved his hands and disappeared up the street with Arby by his side, laughing, laughing bitter bust. I wanted to shout out my thanks to wish him well, to ask if he, we could meet again. <laughs> But I just stood there, dumbstruck. No, 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 no. No, it, 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 it must have been a trick of the light. Uh, uh, and yet, uh, and yet when watching my friend roar with laughter, I could have sworn I saw tiny cogs turning at the back of his mouth.